Welcome to the Think Again and Be podcast. I am your host, Dami, and I'm stoked that you are here right in this episode where I'm going to be reaching my climax point of what that incredible antidote is that the Lord himself has given. Friend, if you or anyone you know have faced this challenge just like I have, no stranger to this. I'm not. And I kid you not, this is the most beautiful reminder that my heart could ever receive on a consistent and daily basis. It's 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 beyond a formula. You know what I mean? It's not about that, but I, I just cherish it. And I just pray that um, this is helpful. This, this soothes, this heals, this empowers, this resurrects in every way that God designed it to. So in my observation, the point that I really got on this episode to discuss with you is this right here. Isaiah 61 says this one line, verse three, the whole chapter is like my life verse and I just go through the words over and over, but it is full of so many promises, friend. Like a lot of people know Isaiah 61 and I love it. And I'm gonna go over it again and again in future episodes, but there's just one line that I believe breaks this whole discussion and splits it wide open. And it literally says that for the spirit of heaviness, as spirit of heaviness, remember I mentioned the spirit of depression, spirit of heaviness, he gives you give, right? Because the father always gives and it's for you to receive and to be, right? Think again and be. He gives you the garment of praise. This is it. This is all I'm asking. I'm saying, what is happening? Because I do believe that we are being privileged to receive so much good stuff about the love of God today. Revelation is pouring back out again about the grace and the transforming power of God into the image of who he is. I believe is I'm part of that. I'm part of that journey. You know, I know, I know it's not everywhere yet, but it's coming out there and it's good. And I know friends and family who are hearing and I'm like, what is still happening? Because it seems like we're in a spinning wheel in a cycle of our emotions and worshiping at the altar of just the senses and what Wanting to access God constantly through emotions because, well, of course, when you hear about this everlasting, reckless love, your emotions totally are like involved, like, oh my gosh. But when they're not, it's like, wait, what happened? He says he's giving you a garment of praise. Do you know what praise is? It's not praise about yourself, your flesh, your shortcomings of the devil. It's literally you glancing back at the one who is worthy and interrupting yourself. Because I mentioned interrupting yourself. And praising instead. But no, we're talking endless therapy. We're talking endless. I'm feeling this. I don't know what's happening. Have we mastered the ability to cut short and just praise as an antidote to depression? I've heard it said before, and it sounds like a formula. Oh, just get your praise on warfare's praise. And I know people, again, we don't want to manufacture these things. We don't want to copycat these things. You need to have the revelation. But you'll only get the revelation because you're able to behold one who has beckoned you to his heart and to himself. And hopefully that's enough for you to be able to say, Father, even if you understand better my discussion, the gospel, right? To be able to say, Father, I thank you. And if you go through just the gospel and the meaning of what all that is to you, that's enough for you to praise him. If you go through the fact that he is always for you, never casting you out and literally saying you are accepted, right? And you are affirmed. Is that enough to praise? Can you take your eyes off of everything, including yourself? including that flesh, that feeling, that moment, and just be able to say, God, you're enough. I'm going to look at you and let that turn to praise. Oh my gosh. He gives you the the oil of bliss, of gladness. He gives you double for your trouble. But wait, wait, praise? So, you know, leading up to this garment of praise, he had talked about giving you the oil of bliss, the oil of gladness. He talks later on about giving you double for your trouble. I mean, these are all the right things for someone who's going through, who's heavy, who's who's just downtrodden, right? And then out of nowhere, he's like, garment of praise. Wait, garment of praise, like you expect me to still be able to like, what? Where'd it come from? It's active. 
It requires shifting your focus, but it is given. I'm going to say it again. It's given. So the good news is you just receive it actively receive it you see because the spirit of heaviness is depressing you but this garment of praise is literally something he puts on you so receive it put it on and if you put him on right because it's him himself your heart has no choice but to praise see i remember wishing i hadn't fallen into the trap of basically taking my eyes off of him you know because i felt i remember it like my life of praise reduced and for some reason i just didn't key into the fact that i could just praise anyway Really, my conversations became strictly situational. You know, they were just focused on on just relating to God consistently only for the outcome of a circumstance to change and to see things happen differently. And of course, that's amazingly fine to go to him and pray about everything, you know, but really just losing out on the exaltation aspect, training my faith not to be for ransom, right? Because sometimes I think we just think that all it, it it's all one and the same, that my faith must hinge really on my events and circumstances like where is that core of my salvation you know what about exalting him for his character i praise him not only for what he does and that's huge but for who he is right so i should definitely go to god for help right but where is my attention where is my focus is it on the event or is it on him And, you know, there's just that part of just lifting him up and just revering him, allowing myself to just remain in awe of him. Right. And that was just missing from our dialogue. If I said anything like that, it was just because I was working up to getting my request in, you know. And so, of course, when things didn't appear to be working or turning out the way I wanted, my disappointment was huge. And that was really just the the basis of my connecting with him. Right. It's like, well, maybe he's not responding. Right. Um, and you know, the truth is, again, like I said, our bodies are our soul, our spirit, our body, everything's actually wired to respond to him. We are wired and, and designed to respond in praise and exaltation of God because he's above everything. And so when we praise, we get elevated to that. Of course, we can't tell by our eyes what we see when we're not in that place of elevation. We can't tell that we're going to get there by by praise or by shifting our focus because we're feeling what we're feeling right then and we can't be convinced, right? That's why it's an act of faith. That's why it's an act of surrender. But we're convinced in that moment, right? That, you know, unless we see change, we can't be satisfied. Unless unless we see that change, we can't be joyful. And we really just can't praise. If it doesn't, if things don't change, you know, we're, we're just, we can't. And it's a trap. It is such a trap. And I remember when I fell into it, it was quite a while. And I kept feeling like it. I felt like my praise was gone and my joy was gone. And, and I just didn't really think differently in that moment. And, you know, of course, then the flesh, oh my gosh, the flesh recruits self-pity, you know, because it's like, well, if I take my eyes off of this, then who's going to take care of it? Is God going to take care of it? Like if I shift my focus, like what's going to happen? Who's going to think about it? Right. Um, You know, because of course, we just think that if we put our eyes on Christ and Christ alone and just worship him, like nothing is wrong. And, you know, worshiping doesn't even mean that nothing is wrong. Worshiping is worshiping, you know, but it's like, do we think so wickedly of God that if we were to just turn to him in full faith and trust that he's just not going to solve the things that pertain to us? I mean, do we think our God's so wicked, right? Like it might not get solved if I go ahead and just turn to him. It's almost like when when God tells us to bless our enemies and we're just kind of like confused about that. It's like, do you think God's so wicked that while you bless your enemy, he's going to turn on and curse you? Like, is that how you really think it's working? Of course not. It's not the same kind of thinking. 
It's just to be heavenly minded is just so different. Like, of course, you're the blessed one. The fact that you can bless means you're already greater, that you're the one who holds blessings in your mouth and in your hands. And don't you think that the God who was promoting and multiplying you would do that even more so? I mean, I get it. I know there are times when it definitely looks like things are just stinking for us. And meanwhile, someone else is getting all that. I know there are seasons when it feels like that. But again, temporary temporary we cannot judge by the scene of our eyes we cannot judge by the temporary right but really let us not think so little of our god you know and 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 i think one of the questions we really need to even just ponder on is is what is it that really captivates your heart like what are, are you captivated by him are we captivated by him and his nature Right. We can definitely be captivated by his wondrous works. All you have to do for me, like I'll stand before an ocean and I'm just like, oh, again and again and again. Right. All of that comes back to you. All that inspiration comes back to you when you look at the wonder of his works, you know, but that is who he is as well. What is it that captivates us about him? Because it's definitely great to know about the events and situations in his creation, you know, and the things that you've been through, where he's delivered you from, you know, what we like to say is our testimony our experiences of him right the things that he's worked out in you and through you and done for you and all of that but in that story is it centered on him even in the creation that blows your mind is it centered on him you know there was something awesome that my son did one day that I just absolutely adored we were going on a walk and of course we read through our bible and we share the accounts of what God has done and I just loved it that while we were on this family stroll there was a really cool tree that was blossoming had no leaves but it was starting to blossom and you know my son goes and says look at that awesome tree and how beautiful it is doesn't that just tell you how awesome God is he created that cool thing and I thought yes this is exactly what I'm talking about that is what you call beholding that's what you call being struck with wonder right like wowed with wonder because you're able to turn and train your heart back to train your mind back to where your heart is knowing that for everything that causes you to just be awestruck anything that is even remotely cool the glory goes to him you know so the thing is, does that script, does that story focus on him, his character and his nature? Because I feel like sometimes it's just easy to get off and really make that script so much about us, so much about what happened, all that stuff. Um, and, you know, it's wrapped around just all that. And we're not necessarily pointing and revealing him to ourselves. Talk less of others around us, right? I mean, you know, there's a verse that says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And those testimonies are about him. That testimony is about him. Every witness that's witnessing is testifying about him. When you're sharing the gospel, you're testifying about him. And so he's the center and the core of that captivation. And you know, I, I feel like sometimes we've experienced that and we get it, but sometimes we don't sit with it. We don't ponder on it. We don't meditate. We don't digest it or let it regurgitate it and relive it. And it can turn into cliche. And that's why I say, preach that gospel to yourself every day because the gospel, the revelation of the gospel ignites praise. The gospel just blows my mind. I just can't get enough of it. And, and I go through a lot of frustration when I realize how very little value we're placing on the gospel these days for those who are believers even right it just seems like gospel centeredness just seems like oh that's just like abcs and you know now we're super complex but when the wind blows we're just like oh everything is questionable 
you know, in so many of our lives, even professing believers I'm talking about here. I've met believers that don't necessarily know what the gospel is, can't necessarily share it, but we're, we're in it and it's like, yeah, this is cool. I, I know that, you know, Jesus, but can I even share this, right? But man, the core of the center of salvation is the gospel, which is Jesus. This is salvation. This is grace, you know? But like David, maybe are you able to just say, restore to me the joy of salvation, right? Because he, he got to a point he had to say that. Because there is a joy and an anchor that salvation brings. And in that place, because of the revelation of what it is that you have, oh my gosh, the, the eternality of what you have, the long lasting forever and ever living thing that you have. It's able to ignite a praise, a confidence, right? And we know there might be things we can't figure out yet, things that we're not quite satisfied with, temporary things, but because of the person who's been revealed to us. And if if it hasn't, then that's what we need to get about, okay? That's what I'm here to share with you today, friend. But that part is enough to say he is worthy to turn our focus, to give us a battle cry of joy. Yes, of praise. Sometimes it's a battle cry and it is one of joy and praise and worship and confidence of our Lord. And to be able to say, you know what? You are who you are and you are faithful and you're definitely enough for me to interrupt this script, to interrupt myself because in you, there is a great thing and there is forgiveness and I am free from guilt and I have an eternal life that is secure and sure and we're gonna reverse the effect of the joy that my eternal life brings me and speak it and pour it over the situation and tell the situation you are not gonna be exalted above my God. You are not more worthy than my God. In fact, you will shift and change as I shift and change. You're not gonna mold and Find me and my disposition and my state because my disposition and my state is in the hands of God. And I look at him and I say, yes, you are good. You are good. And things can start to even shift from there to be able to rejoice in the fact that he looks at us and he sees perfection. I mean, there's just so much. So what is it that captivates you about it? Is our faith for ransom though? Is it situationally for ransom? We've got to separate the two because it always just seems to seem, it just seems to be as if one can't be done without the other. This is what the enemy wants to convince us about. This is what the enemy wants to keep us in depression about. So I'm able to just slash down these lies that say I can, I need to remain disgruntled, dissatisfied, suicidal and depressed because this hasn't happened and this happened or I messed up and oh no one can no they're just not truth I believe that faith because faith again the object of our faith is Christ it comes back into play and by faith we're able to rejoice by faith we're able to to praise not because there's a formula where Paul and Silas prayed and we saw the prison walls break down and you know the children of Israel walked around the battle and they sang praise and they shouted and those are good and true and wonderful wonderful for building our faith, right? But they had a conviction because they didn't read this account like we get to read it, right? They were moved by the conviction that they had. They were moved by the word of the Lord, by the instruction. Their natural response after being locked up in a prison, okay, and beaten and, and misjudged and all of that stuff, wrongly, wrongfully punished, their response was praise. They had every reason to be disgruntled, upset, disappointed, depressed, but it was in there and they had fed on something, something incredible, incredible about the Lord was worth it. 
for them to respond in praise. And I'm just saying that that's available to you and me, friend. That is so real and so available. In fact, we've seen way more conveniences, way more than these guys might have. But I also know that, you know, I think I read one passage where he's like, man, it's tough. And I think maybe they're looking at a time when, you know, you have every opinion and everybody's lifestyle in front of you like never before. You're able to to just, there's so much stimulation. It's not about the conveniences of where you sleep and what you have. It becomes that brain battle how much more intense it may seem to be like today like never before because you just have so much coming at you and you must choose your focus and you must choose your stop so every generation has a battle that it faces and it is for such a time as this that you are here to hear (laughs) the truth that delivers you today and isn't it cool and amazing that it remains the same because our God remains the same and continues to be worthy of praise So use your faith to focus on the one who's worthy of your attention. Use your faith to turn to praise, okay? Because you are wired to praise him. You are wired, created for his pleasure. You're wired to receive his joy. Exercise that faith for this. It is so serious and so imperative that we interrupt ourselves, interrupt our flesh, interrupt the despair, the pity, the victimhood, whatever it may be, even if it seems right and justified, even if it's your right to remain there, interrupt it so that you can take back your life. See, I I hate depression. Oh, oh my gosh. I hate depression. I hate suicide. I hate what it did to me. I hate what it's done to others. I thank God for the days that I've been able to slay those things and cut them aside. But there are many more out there. There are many more. And you know, I have a personal vendetta to just keep on slaying and bring that joy. But this friend today, this, and this is the one you need to remember. This is the one you have to tell your friends. Even it sounds, even if it sounds like a wait, what do you mean? Can't we discuss this longer and talk about this longer? This is the antidote. And it's not often taught and it's not properly taught because sometimes it does sound formulaic, right? Sometimes it sounds like just manufacture a copycat because praise is a weapon, right? It's not about snapping out of it and getting over yourself, but it is, right? That's not how we teach it from compassion though. But let's challenge the script because I don't think it's always about good, bad, wrong, right, left, right. But it's about above, which is our God above that cut that is above. Right. Let's challenge all the scripts. Yeah, let's teach and let's persist. But let's know that we know this truth and we know that it works. I know that it works. I've been delivered time and time again from the script of depression that wanted to just keep on staying and saying, massage me a little bit more, talk through me a little more, think through me a little bit more. And I had to just learn and say, wait a minute. No, I have more than enough in Christ to think about and just set my eyes on him and all these other issues get dealt with in my process of praise because I had enough of his love to meditate on. And that's why I wanted to offer you about a reminder of his love first right let's offer the spirit the holy spirit let's offer the mind the food that it needs right the revelation of love that your heart needs to be able to latch on and bring about this transformation it's there if you want it hope is there if you want it preach the gospel to yourself friend even if you don't call yourself a christian preach that gospel to yourself and i'm telling you you might be turning (laughs) preach the gospel to yourself If you catch a revelation of this almost too good to be true news, your heart will be filled with life, 
meditate. Don't just glance. Just don't cliche through it. Allow yourself to sit back and just think through it. Cut the distraction. The cost for your attention is such a high price. Okay, self-internalization and just constantly massaging the stuff inside of our soul over and over. I'm going to say it again. It leads nowhere. In fact, it can lead to further depression, right? Right? Introspection and whether you're trying to fix a problem or get right or maybe you are actually just idolizing yourself. Whichever spectrum it is, as long as the focus is off of Christ, the job is done. And that's the job that we don't want done. Behold him. Right? Behold him. Praise will rise once you just just shift your focus. The real talk and solutions will rise. Just shift your focus. He will do the heart surgery for you. This is about taking ownership. This is about emotional intelligence. This is not about all the former scripts. I give you permission to live a lifestyle that is rich. I hope that that touched you in some way or the other. I'm so excited that you listened through and I'm looking forward to our next episode. Like I said, I'm looking forward to sharing about lifestyle tips and um, strategies that can help in just you experiencing more of the gift of life that you have without actually being toxic, right? Or not knowing ramifications in the future. But once again, share this, leave a review. Tell me what you think. Ask me some questions. Let's chat. I'm so privileged that you tune in again today. And I look forward to our very next one. God loves you and I need you to get your hopes up.